Broadcasting from within the borders of the greatest success story the world has ever known, the United States of America. It's time for an honest discussion from a fresh new conservative voice. The C.L. Bryant Show. Welcome back. Welcome back, everybody, throughout the fruited plains of the greatest nation on the face of the planet. The greatest success story the world has ever known, and that is America. Welcome to the C.L. Bryant Show. I am C.L. Bryant, and I want to thank each and every one of you for coming along with us daily as we build a bridge to conversation throughout our great nation right here over red state our flagship station coast to coast border to border and around the globe uh yeah red state talk radio the largest talk entity uh radio entity and uh platform in the country and the most listened to folks if you're traveling through Times square look up above ripley's believe it or not and hey you can do it real easy these days ain't nobody <laughs> there's nobody in Times square to hinder you from looking uh look up above ripley's believe it or not and uh there is the red state talk billboard that um, flashes 24 hours a day and 24 hours a day, uh, every hour, the C.L. Bryant show will pop up there on that billboard. No C.L.'s face looking right back at you. I want to thank um, um, also Loving Liberty and uh, um, other terrestrial stations who replay our show uh, throughout the the um, the week and loving literary liberty of course we're on right now and i certainly do appreciate uh all of you all of you for coming along with us and if you don't get both hours of the cl bryant show you be sure to download free the cl bryant show app onto your favorite device all right folks well listen we we gotta we we must there's there's just no question about it. We must get back to work, right? All right, all right, we do. We must get back to work. Uh, I'm coming up the bottom of the show, or the bottom of this hour, and uh, I think we're going to hold him um, for about an hour if we get him on here. Mike Woods is going to be on with me. And uh, not only is he a um, businessman, oil man, gas and oil man extraordinary, he's an educator and a teacher heavily involved um, in education. And folks, as I just said to you, we must get back to work. But uh, for those of you who still have children at home, especially children who might be uh, below 10 years of age, uh, 11, 12 years of age. OK, you go back to work. School's out. This thing, folks, has created problems in our flow of life that we just did not, have not, uh, could not possibly anticipate. Is that right? That's right. We, I mean, that, that is absolutely right. It, 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 it hindered, it has hindered 
the flow of American life in such a way that we haven't begun to actually feel the discomfort yet. And one of the things that's going to uh, bring this to a uh, vivid, vivid reality here real soon. I, I have a feeling that the uh, the worst uh, is soon going to be behind us here in another few weeks, couple weeks. It'll soon be behind us, but uh, you're going to have this lingering, this lingering uh, paranoia. Yeah, it's going to linger. The paranoia is going to linger for a while. And if you were half a germaphobe like I am to begin with, this has not helped you any, has it? It certainly hasn't helped me. <laughs> yeah, I was, just half, I was just half a germaphobe. It has not quite made me a full-blown germaphobe, but it has made me cautious much more cautious than I have been. But what are you going to do? We got to go back to work. We must. We must get back to work. Americans must get back to work. Uh, Freedom Works and I um, have this thing coming out here real soon. Uh, my latest real talk will be speaking to all of us because we have to get back to work. We have to go and be the consumers again. Okay. But what are we going to do with our kids who are out of school for the rest of the year? That has been declared for the rest of the year. What are they uh, doing to make the schools safer when the kids do return to school? What do we do with kids who, uh, well, were borderline to begin with as far as uh, education was concerned? They were borderline. Do you hold up every kid back a, a year? Huh? What happens with that? What happens when the next wave comes along? Is this the doorway, the, the gateway to homeschooling? Is this the gateway to a different type of life of necessity that actually introduces to us socialist undertones? Oh, my. Uh, the fight has just gotten a whole lot more interesting than it was a few months ago when most things were pretty much black and white. We did not want a socialist in the White House. We did not want uh, the Democrats certainly didn't want a socialist running for the, uh, the top of their ticket as president of the United States. They didn't want that. No, they didn't want that. But I want you to stop for just a moment, Americans, because um, there is something, too, that we must put a break on if we don't want to descend into that black hole. We must put a break on the way we are printing money and uh, spending money. A recession, a heavy recession uh, is looming if we do not do this. If we do not do this, we will fall into the hands of heavy recession. That may happen anyway. And if we condition 
for too long, people um, looking to big government for the sustenance. Then we, again, do ourselves a great disservice. If we don't have a uh, coherent way to deal with these children who will miss an entire school year. Okay, so so we're talking about May, all right? So uh, if, if the May and June, okay, school's out in May and June, yeah, okay? They've been talking about year-round school anyway, so have we just come to that point have we gone to go come to the threshold where this opens the door so that when we do have such circumstances and believe me i i friends i i just know that this is the beginning of sorrows for us this is this is the beginning of sorrows for us i believe that we're living right in matthew 24 I believe we're living right in Matthew 24 when uh, the disciples came to Christ and asked him, when uh, when uh, will all these things begin to take shape? Jesus begins to explain to them what must take place first, but the end is not yet, he said. And I hear these dooms, doomsday um People all everywhere, not preachers, not just preachers. They're doomsday people everywhere. You know, the end is right here. It's fixing to fold up. Uh, No, it's just the beginning of sorrows, actually. And we don't know how long these sorrows have to last. And, of course, um, I'm not thinking too long, but uh, who knows the day or the hour? I certainly don't. But these are just the beginning of sorrow. So our, 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 uh, we go back to work. We hit the road again. And God knows I can't. I'm just biting at the bits to, to get out there, talk to people, hopefully encourage and, and uh, strengthen your resolve to take back our lives as Americans. Find cures. Hey, let's start working on the next cure for whatever may come along. Let's do it. But the thing about plagues and all that type thing, they always go away. I don't care how many people they kill. <laughs> yeah, they always go away. We always find our way out of it. Yeah. And, hey, when I return uh, with more of the C.L. Bryan show, there is something I, I do want to talk to you about. And that is um, I understand that um, later today and when you hear this, I don't know if you hear this in replay, it may have already happened. Uh, Barack, the the former president of the United States, um, President Barack Hussein Obama, will formally and has formally endorsed uh, Joe Biden, has formally endorsed Joe Biden as president for president of the United States. Now, this flies in the face of everything that I believe will happen. And what I believe will happen is that um, Andrew Cuomo, governor of New York right now, who is getting all kinds of FaceTime as governor of New York, who is constantly saying that he uh, doesn't want to make this about politics. But, yes, he makes it about politics, the difference between him and Trump. 
Oh, he, oh, he, he, listen, I told you this two, three weeks ago. I told you this a month ago that Cuomo was going to be the nominee. Cuomo is obligated to deny that. And so he's denying it, right? Well, sure he is. And people are beginning to say, well, Biden would do well if, they, if he put Cuomo on, on, as, as the second man on, on the ticket. Are you kidding me? Cuomo's a juggernaut in his own right. And you put him on the ticket next to Biden, it's plain to see who should be at the top ticket. Now, I, I know that Andrew cannot, he will not, even though uh, there are a lot of people who wish that he uh, would jump into the race because he, he is probably the best chance that they have against President Trump. But I know Cuomo, and if you're smart, you know Cuomo can't beat Trump. Not not if any of us are thinking clearly. There's no way. I mean, have we actually looked at New York? And, and out of his mouth daily, Cuomo talks about him being broke. He didn't have a dime. He had two nickels to rub together. He said those things within the last 48 hours. <laughs> and the reason he doesn't have two nickels to rub together is because of his out-of-control spending, which we as a nation are absolutely chasing after. That model of out-of-control control spending. Yeah. Giving the money to uh, the people to put back into the economy is very good. But businesses are not open. Uh, Customers are at home. What do you do? Hmm? There is no money being made. There's no, there's no money being made. Listen, municipalities are not even making money because cops are not giving speeding tickets. You, in, in order to get yourself uh, in in trouble these days, you have to you you have to be doing something pretty doggone bad. <laughs> there is no money being made. Not even municipalities are making money. There are no tickets being written. There are no fines being collected. There's no city court being conducted. There's no money being made, America. We must get back to work in order to make this thing click. It just won't click otherwise. It just won't. There's no way that it will click unless you click it. And the way that you make it click is you have a job that generates income for you and your family so that you can pay the landlord, buy the groceries, pay the gas bill, the electric, the water, the car note. But none of that happens without you working you don't have a job you can't do any of those things and friends there are people and I pray to God that you or I anyone under the sound of my voice would ever fall into this situation and if you are in this situation now I pray that you find your way 
out of it. That you allow God to direct and order your steps in his word. Work for me. Worked for Jane and I for many, many years. Yeah, it worked. It'll work for you. If you trust him. In the darkest hours and friends in this last two months since the loss of my wife. Um, hey. Looked into some dark places. Abyss. Looked into abyss. You spend uh, over 40 years with someone, spend over 40 years of your life with someone, and suddenly they're gone. All you see is abyss because there is no life without them. Every waking moment for over 40 years, they're there at least somewhere where you can speak to them, talk to them, call them, touch them, love them physically. That's gone. You see, so there are dark places that we can go to in times like these, especially those who have lost their loved ones to coronavirus. I saw a basketball player lost his mother to coronavirus. Friends, when she left that house, when he took her to that hospital, it didn't matter that he was a basketball player, very wealthy man. When he saw them take her back into the hospital, that was the last time he saw his mother alive. And there are millions now, no, there are hundreds of thousands rather, well, millions around the world. Yeah, there are hundreds of thousands around the world who have been affected by this, will be affected by this, and who will never see their loved ones again. They will never have that goodbye moment with their loved ones. I was blessed, fortunate enough to have that moment with Jane, even though we have not had her memorial service yet because of restrictions in gathering. Hmm? Of course, we had to cremate it, so I have her remains here, and the only thing left is to memorialize her. And I'll certainly be glad to get that closure. But what about those who, my, didn't get a chance to say goodbye? What about us going back to work and our children having to stay out of school? This is presenting a whole new set of difficulties. We'll be back. Mike Woods is coming up. I'm CL. Don't go anywhere.
Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. CL back with you on this great day in the USA. And I want to thank each and every one of you for coming along with us as we build the bridge to conversation here daily on the C.L. Bryant Show. Hey, folks, there are so many of us in betwixt and between at this point in time. Not sure what to do uh, as far as uh, going forward with our American future because we're not sure what that looks like. And, uh, yes, it's a time in this country right now of... um, Latent and um, very apparent fear. Yeah. Even among the most secure, you have a latent fear. Because the fact of the matter exists, friends, that if we don't handle ourselves correctly, everything can collapse. Anything can go away. You don't want that to happen. Of course not. But anything can go away. Are you hearing me? Good times end. Wells do run dry if they are not paid close attention to. So what do you do in order to uh, make sure that you have continuous supply of whatever it is, whether it's water or what have you? What do you do to make sure you have continuous supply Well, this is what you do. You plan ahead. That's what you do. You plan ahead. And friends, when I think about uh, what we are up against, when I think about what we're up against, with we needing to go back, go back to work. We must get back to work. But yet in so many places, schools out for the season, for the, the school year. Will schools open up again during um, the summer once we're past this and stay open? Is this a, um, what do you call it, a springboard year-round schooling in case we run into these types of difficulties? Huh? Is that is that what we're going to... Is this, is this the, the, the door opening? Is this the springboard for that? Also, friends, the things that we have to consider, too, is is this a springboard for... Uh, 
socialism light in this country if in fact we do not gain control of the White House, I mean of the uh, the House of Representatives. And if we lose the White House, Democrats and it appears many Republicans are biting at the bits spend money and 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 if you thought that at the end of the Bush administration, the beginning of the Obama administration, that spending was out of control. My friends, if you let them get hold on to the house and we lose President Trump, we are looking into the abyss. There is no question about it. We are looking into the abyss if, in fact, we don't pay attention financially, fiscally to what's going on in this nation. Joining me now is someone who does have his finger on the pulse of this nation financially. Uh, the oil and gas industry, of course, the uh, is, is just, uh, <laughs> it just doesn't exist anymore, basically. Uh, it's dirt cheap. I bought gas here in Colorado for $1.49 the other day, and, and it's just ridiculous. Help me welcome back to the show Mike Woods, uh, as I always say, businessman extraordinaire. He is also, though, an educator, and I want to tap into that part of your brain here today. Mike Woods, welcome back to the C.L. Bryant Show. Thank you, my friend. Always glad to talk to you. Glad to be here with you, Mike. Mike, let's deal with the educational part aspect of what we're looking at here uh, before we get into uh, what our normal bend of conversation. And that is education. As you know, uh, there are many uh, schools, districts, uh, I don't know if all of them are out or not, uh, around the country that have re- relaxed uh, school the school year uh, until it's over. And so what happens now when we go back to work and the kids are out of school? Is this thing creating all types of unseen, unintended consequences? Talk to us. Well, there, there's been some a lot of scrambling. Unfortunately, uh, all of this uh, pandemic came about so quickly, CL. A lot of schools were caught off guard. Uh, and they had to, some of them were in the midst of spring break, so their their faculty and, and students weren't even uh, on the campuses, and and so they had to suddenly uh, figure out ways to to conduct uh, classes and and to finish out the school year through either teleconferences or a lot of schools went to Zoom, uh, but it's it's been a learning curve, and and they're now struggling. Uh, with the fact, do we go past fail? Do we try to continue to do grades uh, as we have in the past? Uh, there's all sorts of security issues as to now all of a sudden there is no proctor when I'm taking this test. So are the kids actually uh, being? Um, uh, are they are they just looking in their textbook and writing the answers, or, or you know? So there's there's been all kind of challenges. But but I will give our our schools credit here in Louisiana. I, I think they have risen to the occasion. Uh, some schools, and I'll uh, I'll brag on one of my alma maters and yours, LSU Shreveport, because they have uh, had already uh, 
had such a large presence in distance learning and, and online, primarily through their MBA program, they didn't have to relearn. They were already there, and, and so they, they didn't miss a beat. Uh, the, the problem that we're running into, though, CL, is that some schools, for instance, your engineering schools like Louisiana Tech, uh, the veterinary medicine school in, in uh, Baton Rouge, some of that just doesn't translate to online. Uh, you know, labs don't translate to online. So it, it's um, it's going to be interesting as we go forth. And, and I know I have some friends, uh, one who was doing a fellowship uh, in uh, in Kentucky, uh, and he's worried because he's not getting enough clinical that he may not get accredited after he's been up there for a year because of, of this pandemic. So wow. it's people are going to have to, to – um, to kind of bend the rules a little bit and, and, and be more creative. But, and, and, of course, understand, I mean, your, your children have, have been there. Uh, this is the time of the year that normally families would be visiting college campuses with their, their high school senior trying yeah. to determine where they're going yeah. to school. Absolutely. You know what, Mike? You're absolutely right. I was thinking about that. I uh, have a, a, gre- a great nephew, actually, that I was planning on going down to uh, LSU. He, uh, we were trying. We got him in. We got him there, and 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 you know, just being on the campus with him because that's where he wants to go to school. But uh, that's off right now. A lot of our plans have absolutely been changed. As you know, I have not been able to have the memorial service for, for my wife, uh, uh, Jane, Correct. Uh, uh, um, uh, Mike. And, and so this is one of those things where our true colors are going to be able to shine through as a resilient type of people. Now, now Mike, when we talk about uh, resilience, uh, I know that you uh, are, are a man who um, lives uh, – where you want to, but right now you're not able to go and live in your desired home because of travel restrictions or, or, or tell us what that situation is. My producer was telling well, me the story. That's exactly right. Uh, my wife and, and uh, three of my four children are in Dallas at our home over there. Uh, and as you know, uh, there is a travel restriction from Louisiana into Texas. Uh, I have a 94-year-old mother here in, in uh, Louisiana. I have a business uh, located both here and in Texas, but I'm, I'm currently uh, in Louisiana and have been here since this uh, uh, pandemic started because I can't travel back and forth. So I'm having to FaceTime with my grandkids in the morning and the evening and, and uh, with my wife. And, and they're all, you know, they went through Easter. Uh, I missed my, my birthday celebration with all my kiddos, which uh, it was kind of tough, but uh you know, CL, one of the things that I think, and I know you're a, a man of great faith, uh, my faith is pulling me through uh, all of this. Um, our church is still doing online services. I play in the band, as you know, and so we're having uh, in a 2,500-seat auditorium, there are six of us there in the sanctuary, uh, and we're live streaming every Sunday uh, uh, our church service. And, yeah. and, and that, that's been a huge um I mean, I, I I look forward to that anyway, but it, it's it's been one of those uh, uh, continual norms in, in this abnormal world we're living in right now. So I, I'm just I'm thankful that I have my faith. I miss my Sunday school class. I miss all my my people at church. Uh, I really miss. Uh, hugging my little old ladies, uh, and I look forward to when we can all come back together and, and, uh, and celebrate <laughs> together. But uh, yeah, there's just a, just a lot of different things. Uh, you know, the, the funeral aspect is something that uh, in a million years, I mean, to not be able to have that closure uh, at a memorial service for Jane and your family and, and have friends come and, and console you. I mean, I, I, I can't even imagine that. Um, 
Mike, you're, like you said, our faith, if it had not been for the grace of God and the faith that I have in the resurrected Christ, Mike, and because you are a Christian brother of mine, a friend of mine, I can, I can say this to you on or off uh, the air. If it had not been for Jesus Christ, um, and I'll tell the world, I would not have been able to make it through this. And Mike, let me tell you something. This last uh, Easter, this 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 just passed this past Sunday. The hardest thing. I, I'm a preacher. I've been. I, I can't tell you how many Easter services, uh, both sunrise and all day long, on Easter sermons I have preached, Mike. In the 40 years that I have been preaching the gospel, this was a melancholy Easter for me. I couldn't go to church, and my wife yeah. was not here. And man, that I, I not for God, if not for Jesus Christ and my faith in the resurrected Christ, Mike, I don't know what I really don't know what. But this is my fear now, Mike. Let me ask you this. I'm seeing more and more of Andrew Cuomo. Uh, and I see that Obama has now endorsed Biden. But somewhere in my political, I don't know, wisdom, I guess, I just don't see Biden wearing that mantle. What, do you have any feelings on that? Any thoughts? Well, uh, first of all, you know, Biden in, in the last uh, CNN uh, debate with, when it was just he and Bernie Sanders, you know, he came out and said when he's elected that there will be no oil and gas business, that he will he will get rid of all offshore drilling and all drilling on federal lands, and, and he will make sure that, that our industry just basically goes away. So he's he's already saying, well, we're going to we're going to be beholden to the Middle East. Uh, once again, and uh, and all you people in the oil and gas business can just uh, go jump in the lake. And, and so, uh, you know, of course, he, he is anti-business, not just oil and gas. Uh, the Democrats have, have uh, laid their uh, their bed where it's we're, we're not. You need big government to take care of it. You don't need uh, capitalism to take care of you. So it's going to be interesting as we go forward. But needless to say, I, I'm not a, a Biden supporter. And it, it was interesting. Uh, I don't know if you heard Cuomo's. Uh, interview on Howard Stern on Monday, uh, but it, it's been interesting. He has been praising the president. I mean, he, he said that the president has, has come through for the state of New York, uh, that whenever he needs to talk to Donald Trump, that the president returns his call in less than 10 minutes. He's asking about his brother, Chris. He's asking about his mother. And he said, uh, Trump has never been chatty, but, but being a New Yorker, as we both are, uh, he has come through for the Empire State. So it's it's interesting to see uh, the contrast uh, of, of a governor of New York who's not an ally of the president uh, versus uh, Nancy Pelosi, who all she does at every opportunity is to criticize the president and saying he's failed here, he's failed there. When she was in Chinatown uh, right before the pandemic broke out saying we need to have more parades, he's racist, he doesn't like Chinese, he doesn't like anything, and, and now she's saying, well, he didn't, he didn't uh, act responsibility. You know, See, yeah. it's time for leadership, and yeah. and, um, and you see folks – I mean, I'll use our great state of Louisiana as a great example. Uh, our governor uh, and our lieutenant governor and our AG have worked together through all this. Uh, governor Edwards was in Monroe yesterday uh, with Congressman Abraham – Good. Edwards, a Democrat, good. Abraham, a Republican, uh, both working together to, to, for the good of the state. And, and so 
there's some opportunities out there for us to, to work together and to get along. It's a shame we can't do the same in, in Washington, D.C. I certainly hope that our state can show the rest of the nation how um, to get along with one another. I really like the idea, I even like the visual of two Louisiana boys like uh, John Bell and Ralph, uh, you know, joining together opposite ends of the political spectrum, but doing the best they can for the people of their homeland, uh, Louisiana in this case. Let me ask you this. Uh, Mike, when we see at the pumps, and uh, stay with me through the break if you can, when we see, uh, we've got about three minutes left in this, at the pumps, a dollar forty nine gas, and I heard someone up in Wyoming, was it Wyoming, bought gasoline for 99 cent uh, the other day. I think there was somebody uh, here that said that. What does that mean to a producer? like yourself. I don't think we really understand what that means and why should we be concerned that that oil and gas level uh, dips like it has? Why should why should we, the consumer at the pump, be concerned about that? Talk to him. Well, the, the one thing you have to realize, that dollar fifty price at the pump, and I don't know what the, the Colorado state tax is, but in Louisiana, uh, 50 cents of that is state and federal tax. So that means that gasoline's really going for a dollar a gallon. Now, wh- why should that concern you? Because that's going to put the majority of us in the oil and gas business out of business. Uh, and what happens then, you're old enough to remember the 74 uh, Arab oil embargo. Yes, sir. All of a sudden, one one day we woke up and, and uh, the Middle East said, we're not selling you any more crude oil. And what happened? We had to buy days of, you know, if, if your license plate was an even number, you bought on yeah. Monday and Friday. Yeah. And if it was odd, you bought on these days. And, and a lot of times you drove around looking for gas stations that had gasoline because there yeah. wasn't any available. So that's, you know, the oil and gas industry here in the United States has come back tremendously. Uh, we, we've gone from producing about 6 million barrels a day U.S. domestically to 13 million barrels a day. Uh, but that's getting ready to come to a screeching halt. I, I've already been notified by my producers in West Texas, I mean by purchasers in West Texas and in, in Louisiana. At the end of this month, they're not buying any more crude. There's no place for it to go. Wow. We've gone from 100 million barrels a day consumption worldwide to 70. And so you've got a 30 million surplus and you know there's only so many storage facilities that you can put that in and when those are full and what's happening the refiners there's no demand they're saying we don't want any more crude oil wow so you're getting you're getting ready to see a, a train wreck in my business Mike Woods, stay with me. I want to talk further about uh, the effects of that train wreck on the rest of the country when we return with the C.L. Bryant Show, coast to coast, border to border, over our flagship station, Red State Talk Radio. And, hey, folks, uh, we build the bridge every day right here. And if you're like me, you can't wait to start traveling again, folks. I mean, I can't wait to get back out there. And, and hey, yeah, press the flesh, although I do know that we have now entered into a twilight zone for people like me. It's just a total twilight zone. You can't talk. You can't touch. You can't visit with people. I'll be back with Mike Woods after these words. I'm CL. Don't go anywhere. You thought I was worth saving. 
Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. Stand up for America. Then Americans, stand up, stand up, stand up. God bless you. God bless America. I do the best I can. Always in the heaven hand. And for the flag I stand. CL back with you on this great day in the USA. My special guest has been um, scholar, businessman, and friend of mine, Mike Woods, um, oil and gas man extraordinaire. And I want to see that remain that way in America. There are certain things that we give up. There are certain things that we lose when we lose the strength of production of oil and gas independently as a nation. Mike Woods, uh, tell us uh, from your point of view, uh, your your vantage point, where do you see this begin to level out as far as oil and gas is concerned? And does this mean that everything in Grand Cane and DeSoto Parish and even up in Benton, uh, family has a little little bit of uh, interest up there in Benton, uh, is, uh, it, does all that just shut down? What, what happens? Well, I, I, I just looked at the Baker Hughes rig count uh, for this week, and it dropped from 664 to 602 in one week. Uh, last year at this time, it, it, the rig count was 1,022. So we're 420 rigs less this year at this time than last year. Well, what's the impact of there? Well, on average, a rig provides work for about 100 workers between the actual physical labor on the rig and the engineers and the geologists and the mud engineers and the pipe people. And, and you know, there's around 100 jobs per rig. So if you've already lost uh, 400 rigs, well, that's 40,000 jobs that have already been lost right now in the oil patch. So things are hurting uh, in Louisiana. Things are hurting in the Permian Basin in Texas. Things are hurting in Oklahoma and in Pennsylvania and in North Dakota and South Dakota and Alaska and and, and other places and offshore. Uh, And and those are high-paying jobs, CL, as you know. Uh, you don't need a lot of education for a lot of those jobs, but, but they are, are jobs that pay eighty, ninety, a hundred thousand dollars a year. And so there are a lot of folks that are all of a sudden waking up. We were supposed to move a rig last weekend in the Permian Basin, had a contract signed with a, with a drilling contractor, and two days before he was going to move the rig, he called and said, I'm filing bankruptcy, I'm gone. Wow. Uh, and so uh, we have scrambled and we've come up with it with another uh, drilling company who's willing to do it because he said, I, of my eight rigs, this is the only rig I have running, but I want to keep 
a crew going, so I'm willing to drill it for a, a, a lower price just to keep my rig going. But you're going to wake up. I mean, at the end of, of this month, all of my production will not be sold anymore. So my income is getting ready to go to zero, uh, wow. and we're trying to figure out. I've got some water floods that are ongoing that you cannot shut that production down. So we're looking at, at renting frack tanks. Uh, we, we need to keep producing the wells. We've got to go somewhere with a crude, but there's no purchaser that will take it, and there's no storage facility that will take it. So there's a lot of scrambling going on. There's going to be a lot of bankruptcies in my industry. Uh, the good news, oh. I've been doing this for 40 years, uh, and I'm always the eternal optimist. I think it's going to come back, but yeah. I'm, I'm sitting on enough cash where I can rock along for a while. Yeah. And I will say, CL, and, and again, it's it's been amazing to watch our president uh, and what he has accomplished through uh, Secretary Treasurer Mnuchin. This SBA 7A small business, this PPP loan, is incredible. I, I contacted my bank. Uh, the first weekend that I heard about it, uh, they were working on Sunday. The, you know, the community banks are doing a bang-up job on this because you still have that personal relationship. Yes, they are. The yes, they are. Yes, they and, are. And uh, I think you're going to see, a, a, after all this is over with, a lot of folks are realizing that these large uh, national banks aren't worth a flip because all they're doing is pushing credit cards. They're, they don't have the banking relationships. And, and your, your smaller community banks are the ones that are jumping through hoops. I mean, I know the bank I use, I worked, we came in here on a Sunday afternoon, uh, got all the paperwork filled out, sent it in. On Monday, uh, my SBA loan was approved, and I'm going to sign the the, um, the paperwork today. That's great. Our church and our church school, same thing, working with a small community bank. I'm, I'm signing the paperwork as head of the uh, church advisory council for both of those today. So it, it, you're going to see a, a change. There are a lot of things that are coming about, and we're realizing that, that relationships are important. Uh, and, and I think as we go forward, you're going to see a shift from large banks back to your community banks, which, you know, that's that's where it should be anyway. I think that's a very good thing, actually, uh, uh, Mike. I think it's a very good thing. Um Banks like uh, Commercial National Bank that used to be there in Shreveport and First National Bank that used to be in Shreveport uh, always uh, seem to pale into Louisiana Bank and Trust as far as personal. Um, um, you and I, you, you and I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> A lot of people would, exactly. Yeah, uh, but you know, back in the day, way back in the day, it always seemed to pale. Let me ask you this then: uh, uh, when we talk about the R word, Mike, and I'm not talking about the Republican word, as you and I both. Are. I'm talking about the recession word. Uh, that's one that sends an icy uh, uh, finger uh, up uh, the spine of any, any American who's trying to make some money. Do you see us going into that with the, all the printing and the spending that we're doing of money? Isn't this recession inevitable? How do we prepare? Well, the, the market is telling us we're not going to have a recession. And it's been interesting when, when all of this very first started, of course, we went from a high of 29,000 down to 18,000 on the Dow. Uh, and, and everybody thought the world was coming to an end. Uh, and again, I give the president uh, and Secretary Mnuchin credit. And Congress actually got in high gear uh, and, and, and threw $2 trillion into the economy. And, and I think that is what has... Uh, 
has rallied the market back. I, I know initially uh, I was looking at my portfolio of, of my IRA and, and uh, stocks, and, and I mean it was it was down almost a third. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, well what's going to happen? You know, you and I are fortunate enough not having to live through the depression and, and the 30s that our parents did. Uh, but it, the, the, my portfolio now is is pretty much come back. I'm still down a little bit, but not near what I was. Um, a few weeks ago so i you know I, no question but because of, of unemployment uh that, that we are going to, to go into a slight recession but i'm optimistic uh, i understand there was a, a press release that came across the wire about 20 minutes ago that the president's going to announce something in the next couple of days as to, to uh, getting the economy back going again uh and, you know, of course, everybody's hollering, well, he can't do that. It's a state rights issue. I, you know, I, I don't care who does it. I, I think the president's going to come up with some guidelines. And, and then state by state, they can come up with whether it's time to get back. This, you know, Arkansas has never shut down. Right. Uh, the governor of, of Arkansas has not uh, uh, had a, a, the demand that everybody, you know, stay in place. And I'm sure, I don't know how it is in Colorado, but I'm, I'm sure there, there are places in Colorado that uh, there's no. Um, uh, well, we're we're up here, up here, up here, Mike. Uh, it just last week, finally, the governor uh, up here decided that that he'd follow suit with some of the others. But up until then, we were pretty much, uh, you know, this is the West, uh, the beginning of the West, and well, at least they say Fort Worth is the beginning of the West. But Colorado's the West, <laughs> and so we're we're pretty independent. The people up here are pretty independent up here, and so uh, I uh, I don't know how it's really going to play if this if this lasts a long time. I'm very bullheaded folks up this way. Mike, uh, you are uh, always great, 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 great to have on the show. And I certainly do appreciate your friendship. I am praying that um, we can get back to business and doing business the way we know to do business in this country here real soon. I'm glad for your optimism. I'm optimistic. I can't help but be anything but optimistic. And of course, our faith looks up to um, the one who has uh, secured our trust in his salvation for us. And that's Jesus Christ. And thank you so much for being with me here today, man. God bless you. And God keep you is my prayer. Got to have you on. We're going to have you on regularly anyway. Uh, Don't know what the next couple of weeks is going to look like, Mike, but uh, we'll have you back on to talk about it. You can bet on that. And thank you so much again for being on. God bless. Stay safe, my friend. That's Mike Woods. I'm CL. This is the C.L. Bryant Show, and I'm so glad that all of you could come along with us here today as we build the bridge to conversation throughout our great nation right here on the C.L. Bryant Show. And if you don't get both hours of the show, be sure to download free the C.L. Bryant Show. As all of you know, I am on the president's, uh, one of the president's advisory board, uh, Black Voices for Trump, uh, met with him um it was by phone though and the uh, of course <laughs> by phone and the vice president a couple of days ago and friends i can tell you something i can't tell you the gist of the conversation of course but but i can tell you something um it doesn't seem that either one of them ever sleep I- i'm serious it doesn't seem that either one of them sleep they i know that the president gets great joy from work i do too I, I get great joy from doing what I like to do, and that's do what I do. <laughs> you know? And um, 
It's not only uh, I've been uh, an avenue for me to feed my family all these 46 years uh, and so forth, um, but it's been a way to absolutely glorify God with the talent that he's given me to do what I do. But just talking to the president and and the vice president, looking at how they approach this and the, the people that they bring on to help them with this, Everyone in the Trump uh, orbit, and, I, I, and I'm really grateful to be a part of that orbit, everyone in that orbit has incredible energy. That's one thing I've noticed. I can always tell when I'm around somebody who's lazy, uh, just off the bat. <laughs> just, I mean, it just, just screams at me. But everyone in the orbit, and you don't stay in this orbit very long. If you don't have the energy to pull the train, you got to be a part of the locomotive that's pulling. You got to be a part of the engine that's pulling the Republic along. You should be a part of that engine. Download free the C.L. Bryant Show app onto your favorite device. And, of course, follow me on Twitter at Rev C.L. Bryant. FreedomWorks and I are doing something really, really interesting on Twitter that's been getting a lot of responses. It's called Real Talk. Real Talk with C.L. And uh, I've even loaned, I've loaned the idea to um, the Trump campaign, uh, they do. I do a real kick off a real talk. In fact, I'll do a real talk tomorrow. I'll post how you all can become a part of that with the Trump campaign and Black Voices for Trump. Uh, the president's doing a phenomenal job. Mike Woods was on with me, and we talked about that. I know that you have a lot of naysayers, and of course, I really feel like Andrew Cuomo is going to run for president of the United States. I don't think he put him second on the ticket with Biden. Uh, it, it's just uh, too much. He outshines Biden too much. And the exposure he's getting right now with his daily um, television appearances as uh, governor of New York state is definitely planted in the minds of Democrats. Hey, let's draft him. You heard it here. I've been telling you that for a month. Now I'm telling you. You just mark my word. I'm C.L. This is the C.L. Bryant Show. Our number two is coming right back at ya after these brief words. We will continue. Oh, there's so much. There's so much. I got to give you my twist and my perspective on. Be right back. Broadcasting from within the borders of the greatest success story the world has ever known, the United States of America. It's time for an honest discussion from a fresh new conservative voice. The C.L. Bryant Show. Come on, hold that back. 
I'm back. Welcome back to the C.L. Bryant Show. And um, I am C.L. Bryant. Thank you so much for being there as we build the bridge to conversation right here throughout our great nation, the greatest nation on the face of the planet, the greatest success story the world has ever known, and that is America. I want to thank each and every one of you as we build a bridge for helping me build a bridge right here. Now, get ready, get ready for civil war. Wawa. That's going to be a civil wawa. Especially if the 40% of Americans who believe that uh, the November elections should be postponed have their way. (laughs) Oh, yes. Oh, yes. You see, even in the midst of everything going on in all things Corona, COVID-19, every, all things COVID-19, even with all things COVID-19 going on like they're going on, um, the world is still turning. And people are still having opinions about various things. And one of the things in the midst of all this that people are having opinions on is whether or not we should actually go forward with the November elections. Yeah, since they're only about seven months away. (laughs) Yeah, well, six months earnestly because, you know, in that that very last push there, it's, it's like... The days just flash by. When asked, 40% of uh, Americans, registered voters rather, want the November elections delayed until the coronavirus outbreak is under control. Uh, And while uh, two-thirds think the crisis will have a big impact on turnout, according to new poll reported by NBC. Now, keep in mind, and I want you to pay attention to who's reporting that. Yeah, who's reporting that? NBC is reporting that. The survey conducted by uh, Target Smart from April 8th until April 11th, it was a three-day poll, shows that just under half of registered voters think the election should be delayed with a similar portion saying they are very concerned that the outbreak will prevent people from voting. Now, uh, now that's 40%. Now, 39% said November elections should be delayed. 40% said that the November election should be delayed. 53% said the election should not be delayed. 21% strongly support a delay. Huh, that's interesting. And 17% somewhat support delay. 36% strongly oppose delay. somewhat oppose a delay, and 6%, as it always turns out, don't have a clue. Okay? (laughs) They don't have a clue. 
So there's always, there's usually about 10 to 6, 6 to 10%, 5 to 10% of the people usually have no clue what's going on. But if you look at those figures, it looks like all of this balances out. It looks like countries split on whether or not the November 3rd election should be delayed. Get ready for civil war. This could this could go down either way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This could break out uh, either way. There, there are those of us who might be ticked in the conservative camp if this uh, is delayed. And there are many, I know, in the liberal camp that would be very disappointed. If somehow, no, I think they'd be mostly glad to tell you the truth. At this point, I think they'd be glad to give them a chance to regroup and oust Biden. They are looking, they're they're looking to buy time now. They need to oust Biden. But delaying a presidential election, especially if it appears we could actually have this election, And this thing turns out, regardless of how it turns out, if you delay the election, it will be it will be called illegitimate. Whether it is or not, we we don't know, but it's going to be called that. Yeah. And so uh, I think about this sometimes, though. What would you have called it if Hillary Clinton had. become president of the United States knowing that she robbed Bernie poor Bernie Bernie always the bridesmaid (laughs) never never the bride Hillary the same way and if you talk about what goes around comes around Hillary is the the poster child for that slogan. What goes around comes around. But you can get ready for her voice, Obama's voice, Biden's voice. Uh, I don't know if Biden's going to be. See, this this is the thing that's going to create the uh, log jam when it comes to delaying a presidential election because you got people rumbling out there now. Uh, 39%, 40% are saying, yeah, sure, let's do it. That that can grow. That sentiment could grow depending on how this thing begins to shape out. That sentiment can actually grow. And you have a feud beginning to um, emerge if they allow it to. I, I hope they don't. Because it's unnecessary. There's no need for, uh, yes, a couple of days ago, uh, Cuomo was saying really good things about uh, the president, yada, yada, yada. But he's defending himself now against the president's, uh, you know, saying that he's a mutineer. And the governors who are with him are mutineers who are uh, talking about and plotting to reopen the government. Mm-hmm. I, I certainly hope they, uh, all the while Cuomo is saying he doesn't want to make this political, he doesn't shut up about this being political. If you don't want to make it political, then don't make it political. Because, you see, the president's going to do what he's going to do. That's who he is. 
But Cuomo, don't don't be a, don't say that you don't want to make this political and then make it political. That's all you do. We I see you know I don't know if you're seeing it. I don't know if you're seeing it, but he's subtly he's subtly taking position. He's positioning himself. Pay attention, folks. Andrew Cuomo is positioning himself. In everything he says, he is positioning himself. And what he is certainly attempting to do is appear to be on the high road. Are you hearing me? What he certainly is, is, is positioning himself to do is appear to be on the high road. Oh, yeah. And watching him the way I've been watching him here these last couple of weeks, I didn't think either he or his brother, certainly not his brother, had the foxiness of their father, Mario Cuomo. I didn't think either one of them had his foxy. But watching Andrew these last couple of weeks, he is a very foxy politician. And I I should have known better because he became governor of New York State. He had to be pretty foxy to become the governor. Or your name has to be Cuomo, one of the two. (laughs) And he had both. I think he has both working for him. So that's where we are. And that's where we are going to be at this point. Delaying the election in uh, uh, November. You're talking about a world that is sort of just absolutely out of sorts. That, my friends, would um, certainly lead us to a world that has changed. Fundamentally change California is developing a plan to reopen as virus spreads slowly there Uh, there is a fear that if we do this too quickly we double the rate of infection so we have to do it very delicately these things must be done very delicately my pretty the Wicked Witch of the West is certainly this. And it took us by storm. It came upon us so quickly that we weren't, we just weren't, we, I mean, hey, let's just face it. We're not president, uh, president's fault. And it's nobody's fault, except maybe the Chinese government's fault. Not the Chinese people, don't get me wrong. I don't want, I don't want anybody thinking that I'm bashing the Chinese people. No. We're bashing governments and and principalities that take advantage of their people, and thus, in uh, doing so, they have taken advantage of us and has put us all around the globe in, in, in harm's way. And and we'll, we'll have to um, watch how this political jousting 
begins to unfold. Because even though I was talking about uh, Andrew Cuomo and all of that type of thing, and uh, New Yorkers are just the way, just this way. Trump says it a lot himself. But New Yorkers are just this way. They're so happy. And, uh, you know, New York Governor Andrew Cuomo threatened to sue the Trump administration if the president uh, places the state's residents in jeopardy. I don't know what the heck he means by that. I don't believe that the president would possibly in any way place New Yorkers in particularly in jeopardy. But, of course, uh, Cuomo was on MSNBC uh, with his bro- with, with Chris Hayes, not his brother, but Chris Hayes. Uh, this was back on Monday evening uh, to discuss uh, Trump's declaration that he has total authority to decide when to reopen the individual states. Now, Cuomo went on to say that if he tried to uh, eat, eat it, tried to eat it, the White House that put people of the state of New York in jeopardy or violated what I thought was in their best interest from public health point of view, we would just be off to a lawsuit. So there he said it. Huh? There he said it. I assume. Now, that's all, that's, that's all politics. Yeah, yeah, what he said there was all politics. I want you to understand that. He's positioning himself. And you mark my word, it won't be Biden. There is a reconsortium, a reconsorting of um, American way. Yeah, yeah, there's a reconsorting of American way. You remember the old uh, slogan when back in my day, those of you who are my age and, 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 and older, uh, when Superman would be coming on faster than a speeding bullet, but more powerful than a locomotive, you know, able to leap tall buildings in a single bound, uh, standing up for truth, justice, and the American way. There is a re, if you pay attention, if you're paying attention, there is a definite attempt to reconfigure what is meant by the American way. There was a time when we uh, get into situations like this. And as I was talking to Mike Woods uh, earlier in the show uh, today, my guest in, in the first hour was Mike Woods, businessman extraordinaire, oil and gas uh, uh, aficionado. And of course, a scholar in his own right. Um, I was talking to him about this and we we were saying that. The country has to get back to work, but there's going to be something very different about us getting back to work. Even though new normals seem to uh, take hold of us and we start operating in new normals really without even thinking about it. Have Have you ever noticed that? Yeah, you, we start operating in new normals almost um human beings are so adaptable. We're just we're just adaptable to whatever it happens to be. 
We're so adaptable. And I am very surprised. I've, I've heard other colleagues of mine and people throughout media saying the same things who uh, are students of human behavior and, uh, you know, the way we, we conduct ourselves. All of us are absolutely amazed at how we have adapted to this. However, the tolerance for it is, is over. We, they, we have we've we've had it up to here, up to up to up to up to here, and I'm drawing the line at my at my lips. We've had it. It's time to get back to work. What business needs, and I'll have this out and about real soon. It's saying it loud and proud. What business? need, even though we may be giving them our taxpayer money, the payers' money to stay open, we may be giving them that to stay open and to pay their people. But we cannot sustain that. That cannot be sustained. That has to stop. So what businesses need is customers to come in with money in their jeans and buy stuff so that everybody can pay who we need pay. And we can stop this, you know, march toward the abyss of socialism because that is where we are headed. Now, this is going to be an interesting topic. The topic that we're about to uh, lead with in this second segment of this second hour, uh, ballot harvesting. The president has slammed the practice of ballot harvesting. What is that, you may ask? There's a lot of hanky-panky that... um, can happen between now and November 3rd if we actually go vote on November 3rd. You want to stick around. You want to be informed about some of the things that can go wrong so that you can make it right. I'm CL. This is the CL Brian Show. Don't you go anywhere. I'll be right back after these brief words. <laughs> Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop.
lifted high. Our hearts are bowing in reverence. CL back with you on this great day in the USA. All across the Fruited Plains, we are doing what we can do to ensure that we're here tomorrow. Yeah, that's why we have been so uh, compliant with the demands, or not the demands, but actually the request of of our government. Stay at home. Best way to stop the virus from spreading the... uh, Silent, well, not silent, but the um, what the president say the it's, it's a it's a it's a killer virus. It really is, and it's an invisible enemy, the invisible enemy. Yeah, that's what the president called it. We can't see it. We don't know, and it's not like it really isn't like the flu. At first, we all had questions. Certainly, I did about. This being, if it's if it's not as bad as the flu, which of course that was wrong. It's it's sneaky. You know, you don't know that you even have it yourself. If you get the flu, you know almost. In fact, you feel it coming on, don't you? A cold, though. A cold. You feel a cold coming on. I have maybe one a year. Certainly haven't had one this year. I thank God for that. But you feel that coming on, but this thing you don't feel coming on. And uh, so there's a lot of byproducts that's going to come out of this. And one of the things that's um, coming out of this that and, and, and we have to continue to pay attention because you can get so um, focused in on one thing that all kinds of other stuff transpires behind, well, right in front of your face, not behind your back, but in front of your face that affects you negatively and um, you're not aware until the negative effects start. And this is one of them right here. The president slammed um, the practice of ballot harvesting, saying it is rampant with fraud. I agree. His comments came in a, um, it was on Tuesday morning. The president uh, wrote, get rid of ballot harvesting. It is rampant with fraud. The U.S. must have voter ID, the only way to get an honest count. I agree. Republican officials uh, had told the Washington Post that Trump opposes all mail elections in which every registered voter is sent a ballot by mail, as well as ballots harvesting. The practice allows third parties to collect completed ballots from voters and turn them in. Oh, yeah, you go out and you just reap the harvest of people who voted and you turn them in yourself. And, of course, you want to believe that only the true, the bluest true, the true bluest among us and all of us should be, would be 
collecting those ballots and certainly nowhere in your mind would you consider altering a ballot? Nowhere would you consider that. But if you want to be real, <laughs> yeah, if, if, you, if you want to be real, you better believe that this could be rife with absolute fraud. Yeah, somebody comes by and gets your ballot and um, they take it in, they're going to turn it in for you. <laughs> they're going to make sure that your vote gets counted. You see, if you know that this particular uh area is heavily in favor of one candidate or another if you happen to have a Trump's uh, sign in your yard or something of that nature on your car whatever and they get your ballot they come by and get your ballot or they check where your address is and they go by check where you live they don't even have to turn your ballot in are you hearing me they don't even have to turn it in they don't have to change anything on it That'll be too obvious. There's no turning in. Oh, my goodness. You do that, duplicate that uh, by multiples throughout the United States. Hundreds of thousands of votes get lost. Thus, a huge difference in turnout. No, no. Ballot harvesting is uh, is something that we better not, we better not go down that path. I'm with the president absolutely on that. You cannot get an honest count unless you have voters showing up at the polls with their ID. And you cannot. Now, listen, I get, listen, I understand that there are people who do not have transportation to the polls. We're Americans. We're living in the tech world. Surely they can vote by neutral registrars or whatever going out to places if necessary. If they truly put in the application that they cannot get to the poll and they want to vote, I'm, I'm, this is America. I know that we can create environments and situations where the most shut-in can be visited by a bona fide registrar and cast their vote in private. So it is. You would have to prove the way I would do it. You would have to prove um, lack of mobility and indigency and also a desire to vote. Yeah. You would have to do that. That's the only thing you'd be responsible for. And if you're getting any kind of government government assistance, surely you can prove disability. 
If you're indigent, Chile can prove you're indigent. You don't have a car, you don't have a car. But you want to vote. And you just simply have somebody write that note. Simple as that. You don't have to be any 10-page report or anything. Just your condition and your desire. And I think every American should be afforded that right to vote privately without third-party intervention. I believe your vote, if they come to your house to do it, if you're indigent, your vote goes into that computer. The computer is closed and turned off once you have voted. It's done. It's sent. And friends, we very well may be living in a a time, we may be very well living in an era where this may become commonplace. Everything is changing, folks. Everything is changing. The times, they are changing. Changing. No question about it. Right in front, we're evolving. Evolution is taking place right in front of of our very eyes. And it's fascinating, absolutely fascinating to watch it happen. And even though I'm a creationist and I don't believe in the uh, theory, uh, Darwin's theory of evolution, I do believe in evolution as far as, you know, situational evolution. Uh, Things certainly do evolve. There's no question about that. But man was created. Somehow we feel as though if we can um, somehow link our understanding of each other to the way we see evolution happening, uh, then it makes sense for the species itself to have evolved physically. But I got to go along with old Cad Williams on this one. I mean, well, so you mean we were the smart monkeys and they were the dumb monkeys? I mean, they they haven't evolved at all. <laughs> Not since, you know, I mean, we were, they're too dumb to evolve. Is that what's happening? <laughs> Evolution in the personality and business and, Family and church and all of that happens. Oh, yes, the church has evolved. The message has not. It should be the same. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. It should always be Jesus Christ. That is the church. He is the reason for the church. So the message should always be the same. Method, method, method changes, doesn't it? And that's what's happening here in America, is that method is changing. Method is changing here in America. Which, by the way, is changing us. Once you change the method, you change the uh, effect that it has on those who use it. And we are so adaptable in change that evolution in a society takes place, it seems like it's overnight. But actually, we are groomed to do this over a period of time. Sure, groupthink. 
We've been groomed over a period of time to groupthink. And so it's easy when someone comes along and says, hey, there's a virus out there. Y'all stay home. And before you know it, sham, swing, swing, boom, 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 closes, closes down. Everything closes down. Yeah. We strain it in that. Swallow a camel. This is why, in my opinion, um, some demographics have done for years in uh, this country. We've done this for years. Strained it a gnat and swallowed a camel. And, and, and we complain about things we should not complain about. We make issue out of things we should not make issue out of. In fact, things we cannot do anything about anyway. And one of those is, is race. We make issue out of that. I mean, that's a human being. It's a person. They, you know, they happen to be a different color than you. They have nothing to do with themselves being who they are or what uh, particularly, if you want to say this, ethnicity that they are. Uh, so that is a moot point to be arguing over. We strain, we strain at a gnat. And then we swallow a camel. Something is distorted and and twisted as someone coming on the scene saying that we can pay for everybody's college education. We can pay for everybody's housing and health care. We can pay for all of that. And then here comes the first virus along. Here comes this this virus is this next virus. Corona. We've had SARS. We've had Ebola. We've had we've we've lived through all of them. We we were still here. But here comes this virus along, and uh, all of a sudden, um, we're giving away money like we would be doing if, in fact, we bought into that socialist agenda. Yeah, we strain at a gnat. We want to call everything racist. But we swallow the camel that we can pay for everybody having a comfortable life. Uh, We don't like... We don't like the color of your skin, but we want you to pay. We don't like the color of each other's skin, but we want each other to pay. We strain at a gnat. We swallow camels. And uh, I'm... (laughs) There's an amazing visual that Jesus gave when he was was saying, because a camel, uh, even... (laughs) You know, yeah, maybe you can swallow, uh, maybe you could swallow something much easier than a camel, but a camel with a hump on it, too? A gnat just goes down your windpipe and, oh, man, you you, you choked to death trying to, trying to um, get that gnat out of your throat. But you sit down there and start eating on a camel something grotesque and out of shape and can't possibly be swallowed. And one of those things that cannot possibly be swallowed, should never be swallowed, is the fact that there are people who want to pay for every aspect of your life that gives them an entitlement to your life. He who um, 
pays the bills or pays the piper calls the tune person paying your bills they gonna call the tune for you yes they are yes they are oh they may tell you they're not (laughs) but if they want to they're going to and that's the position that we as Americans are placing ourselves in right now. And that's a position of swallowing a camel. Straining at a net, swallowing a camel. When I come back, final... Um, segment of today's show I I want to deal with something that I I did talk about or touched upon a few days ago and that is the essence of our Judeo-Christian nation is we shine In darkness. This nation has always shown best in dark times. Ask England. If you could talk to Winston Churchill, he would tell you that America shown best in dark times. And whether we want to admit it or not, we are headed into some dark times. And I'm here to tell you that before God will let you shine in the daylight, Americans, we're going to once again have to learn to glow in the darkness. These are some shady times. Glowing in the darkness. I'll be back after these brief words with the home stretch of the C.L. Bryant show. Um, I want you to leave here today understanding why God does not warn us in advance of difficult times that befall us. I'll be back. You thought I was worth saying. So you came and changed my life You thought I was worth keeping So you cleaned me up inside You thought I was to die for So you sacrificed Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. Stand up for America. Then Americans, stand up, stand up, stand up. God bless you. God bless America. 
home stretch of the C.L. Bryant show here today. We have scripture that tells us the end from the very beginning. And that's how we know that God is God. That's one of the reasons. That's one of the reasons why I know and how I can prove in my own life that God is God by reading his scriptures. And you, I know that uh, the things that I'm reading, he has already declared them the end from the beginning. From the very beginning, what what I'm experiencing right now, God has already told me I would. That's not the type of warning that I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is that is that all of us we have our own journeys to travel, right? We have our own journey. Each one of us have our own journey. I don't care how close you are to your children or how close you are to your spouse. There is nobody that has ever lived on the earth that I was closer to than Jane Bryant. And Lord knows I loved my mom. Lord knows I loved my dad and all my relatives. I love them. But there was no one, no one on the earth that I was closer to than my wife, Jane Bryant, who has now gone on to be with the Lord. And as we journeyed together, her life and my life, even though we live them in, in conjunction, we live them in tandem, we still lived our lives differently, yet the same. That's the beauty of the two shall become twain. That's the beauty of knowing someone like that, you know. You're, you're, you're different, you're separate, you're individuals, yet you are the same. Hey, I understand that. And that is something that if you can ever, ever do it, if you can ever have a mate that you that understands how to do that, you can find happiness. You're the same. You're living the same life. You support the same life and lifestyle and so forth. What, what she's for, you're for what you're for, she's for. And but yet you're different. You're individuals. And friends, when we think about why trouble comes upon us, like we're a Christian nation and there are, there are Christians that have perished from this. Uh, Pastor Harry Blake in Shreveport, Louisiana, uh, has perished from this. He was on my, he was the chief catechizer when I was ordained as a minister of the gospel over 40 years ago now. Yeah. 40 years ago now, when I was ordained. I don't tell me that, and you, you can't tell me that uh, Harry Blake is not somewhere around the throne of God. Oh, no, 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 enjoying a, a life uh, with my wife. <laughs> that is absolutely beyond uh, anything that we can possibly think about, conceive of. 
but it was unawares. And his family, like those who do die of coronavirus, they saw him go into the hospital, but they didn't see him. They weren't, they weren't with him when he passed away. Couldn't be. And, and, and so we ask ourselves, why, does the, why do these things take us unawares? Huh? Well, th- there are things that um, enemies that you have that if you knew they were enemies, well, you wouldn't show up to fight the battle at all. Oh, it's, you show up to fight folks that you have identified as enemies, but, you know, when God prepares a table for you in the presence of your enemies, you had better be ready to realize that among your enemies may very well be people who you had counted as friend or relative or someone who's close to you. And if God had shown you that they were your enemies before he revealed to you they were your enemies, you would not have shown up for the battle. You would not have fought because you didn't want to fight them. Huh? Oh, it's easy. It's, it takes courage for a man to stand up again. I, I, you know, I, I admire any man or woman who stands up in the face of their enemies, but I admire those even more who stand up in the face of their friends. That is what I have been combating over the last 10 years in particularly. And there were times, you know, even before I became a grassroots activist, uh, that I would have to face my friends and, you know, on, on things that I disagreed with them on. But there has never been a time when um, the very core, the very essence of who we are has been brought to discussion in a controversial way simply because one person happens to be a Democrat, the other one happens to be a a Republican, one happens to be a conservative, one happens to be a liberal, one happens to be black, one happens to be white in some cases. And now the card is going to be played again here because now Obama is coming out or endorsing and having endorsed Biden. He's endorsed Biden. And so get ready, get ready for the race card to um, be brandished. It's going to be played. And hey, if you do not know who your enemies are right now. If you don't know who they are now and you're going to continue the journey politically in America, you're going to stay involved, you're going to find out (laughs) who your friends 
and who your enemies are. You're also going to find out because this, this, what we're going to face now, what, what the climate and the evolution, the way it, the, the nation's evolving in the midst of this, we're going to find out now also whose trust is really in God and whose trust is in government. Government is not God. But we're going to find out where trust lies. Now, we're going to find out who you trust. Government or God. Yeah, nobody campaigns like Donald John Trump. But let's not forget how Obama was good on that trail because I think if Cuomo doesn't take this up, if Cuomo doesn't get in this in this fray, we're actually going to see a race between Trump and Obama. But I don't think Biden's going to be able to hold up his end of the bargain. It would just be Obama. Questions, can Obama be his vice president? I don't think so. (laughs) But the race, if Biden is successful in holding on to front runner status, even in the midst of all this, even with the onslaught and the the, uh, upsurge of Cuomo, if he's able to hold on, you're going to see a race between Obama and Trump. Biden will just be a statistic. But the race will be between Biden and Trump. Or Obama and Trump. Trump and Obama. And it's the fight that we've been wanting to see, you know, it's that fight you've been wanting to see. I, you know, I used to pay close attention to the um, heavyweight um, <sighs> boxing, but um, it became clownish. It, it, it actually became what people were afraid Cassius Clay was going to turn it into back then. They thought that they were, he was going to turn it into a circus. And he, he turned it into big money, he and Don King. They turned it into big, big money. But um, the po- politics and boxing aren't serious anymore. That MMA stuff, that's kind of serious. <laughs> Serious stuff there, but politics and 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 Marcus de Queensbury boxing is not serious anymore. It's hard to take it serious. It's almost become like wrestling, championship wrestling. Even though Fury, you know, you still get punched around pretty pretty good. It's just some clownish figures hanging around. And that's the same thing that's happening to politics. We're letting it become a thing that's run. 
and dominated by clownish figures. We're buying into it more and more. And what do we do from here, friends? I can tell you something. It's going to be interesting to watch Obama run against Trump as long as he's running against Trump, as long as he has Biden to run with. But Biden, I think, is self-destructive. And Biden, I think, will be his own worst enemy. I'm CL, and I want to thank you for coming along with us here today as we build the bridge to conversation throughout our great nation. We have a lot of work to do, but we must get back to work. Yeah, you have to get back to work. You have to get back to earning money so that all of us can pay stuff. Are you hearing me? We must get back to work. I'm CL, and this is the CL Bryant Show, and I want to thank each and every one of you for having come along with me as we build the bridge today. And I want to thank God for bringing us to the close of yet another day, and I want to thank him for our men and women in uniform around the globe who defend our right to speak our minds. And until I'm able to talk to you again, may God bless and keep you all. Thank you.